Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my co-host, Gina Warfel, with me, and she is in Costa Rica right now, and it looks amazing, and I wish I was where you were. We're actually at completely opposite ends of the spectrum where you're like covered in snow in Utah and I'm like sweating my butt off here in Costa Rica. I I just want to be there. I'm not a snow person. I'm trying to be, but I'm not. I mean, I grew up in Africa, so I see your background, Gina, and I'm just dying inside. I want to be there so bad. It's a neat Um, experience. I've been waking up in the morning and going outside and there's like monkeys just right outside. I'm like, it feels like I'm living in the zoo. This is really such a weird experience. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Well, listeners today, it's been a while since Gina and I have just done a podcast by ourselves. And so we're hoping that this can like kind of turn into a lovely heart and soul episode. I've actually recorded this podcast like four times and then I just haven't sent it off because it hasn't felt right because it's one, it's hard to talk about myself. And two, it's like, what is the takeaway? Like, what are the big takeaways that I want listeners to get out of it? Right. And so because I have my co-host Gina here, she knows how to eke out really good stuff like marrow from a bone. Mm -hmm. And so so I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about my healing journey and what the hell happened last year. Yeah. 2021 was bad. That's when Tristan died. That's when, you know, I watched a very slow death. It was hard to watch, but, but then 2022 happens and my health just like, it was like an atomic bomb went off in my body and people that have Lyme disease probably will relate to everything I'm talking about because my symptoms were like Lyme. They were like MCAS. So mast cell activation syndrome. It was like chronic inflammatory response syndrome. It was like, I had MS, I had Epstein-Barr, like it felt like everything under the sun, just, it's like my immune system completely melted. And by doing so, it felt like my neurological system was just the worst, the crudest way I can explain it. It felt like my brain was melting. Mm. Like my personality was changing my anxiety. Like I've had high anxiety, obviously with like everything that I went through with Tristan, that was more than enough stress and anxiety. But this took it to another level of like, it almost felt like psychosis, panic attack after panic attack after panic attack. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about my healing journey. I want to talk about the lessons I learned because throughout last year, we'll kind of give you guys little blips here and there, but we'll talk about the timeline. Towards the end of last year, I had a cambo experience. I did cambo and that's a frog poison. And in this frog venom that they burn your skin, a cambo practitioner will burn your skin And it's like a whole ceremony. And then they put like this frog venom on your burnt skin. And there's like multiple peptides in this venom that are supposed to stimulate your immune system and detoxify you. And like, it's supposed to have all these healing properties. But what's interesting is on top of those healing properties, it's actually a very spiritual experience. Like it kind of opened up my soul. I'll explain a little bit more, but, and I want to talk about the lessons about that soul opening towards the end of this episode. So where do we want to go from here? Where should we start? 
Well, I think let's just get a little bit caught up on where have you been and what have you been up to? Because I know when you and Tristan were going through his experience, you guys were very much public with sharing that journey. And then all of a sudden it was like, where'd Johnny go? And what is it like when we take that space and why do we have to step down? And I think that this is such a beautiful thing to talk about because I think most people over time, their health starts to give them these signs Mm -hmm. of I'm falling apart. I need you. I need you. I need you. But we end up just pushing until our bodies are literally falling apart, whether it's disease or chronic fatigue, or we can't do anything anymore. And I'm curious to where, how far did you get? How far did things push to that point? And what was that time like when you finally were like, I have to slow down and take a little bit of space? Like, what was life like at that time? You know, it's interesting. I look back and I'm like, it is insane to me the amount of stress I put myself under. Absolute insanity. But few people know this. If you saw my stories, like it was only mentioned once on my stories on Instagram. But when Tristan died, his life insurance lapsed. So I was left with nothing, absolutely nothing. And so a lot of widows, maybe not one, get life insurance, everyone. Everyone get life insurance tomorrow. Okay. Tristan's lapse, he forgot to mail out a check in February. And so after his brain surgery, right? After his brain surgery. Brain yeah. surgery. Mm-hmm. And again, this was my fault. Tristan took care of everything, the finances, the credit cards, all of that. And when he died, I had to figure it out. I didn't have passwords. I didn't have passcodes. Like I didn't know how to access our accounts. Like it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. And so I didn't know anything about this life insurance. I knew he had it. And so when I called April about it, They said, no, it lapsed two months ago. And just to give reference, Tristan died in July. So it lapsed literally within months of him dying. If he had died in January, I would have been left with some money to fall on and allow myself space and time to actually grieve and rest. Because when you go through something like this, I fantasized about being in a room for days alone, not talking, Mm -hmm. not speaking. I just needed to decompress because my body was in so much overwhelm. But I had three weeks to get my shit together and get back to work. That was and kids and kids and And kids to support and take care of, you know, and I mentioned this in one of my podcasts when I told Satori, my daughter, she was four at the time when I told her that her dad had passed. She says, so you're not going to have to take care of dad anymore. And I said, no. And and she said, does that mean you get to take care of us now? You know, Mm -hmm. and that like that's heart wrenching. And so I had to jump back into mom mode. Right. Like you don't switch that off. I had to run right back in and do damage control with my kids, but then damage control in my company, you know, because this was a company that Tristan and I grew together and built together. And now I had to step into his shoes and my shoes and we were going to move into a new location. And so we're building out the building. It was so much. It was so much. And I we looked- also started Gutsy Health at that time too. Did like this the year Tristan was dying. We're like, hey, let's do a podcast we- and a membership and classes. We just revamped the Gutsy membership and put on more modules. And like I look back and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? What was I thinking, Gina? Like, I have no clue. Part of me is like, was it trauma? Was I trying to bring fulfillment? because I felt like my world was falling apart. I don't know. Mm. I still don't know. Yeah. One consideration is look at the beautiful, like, because you guys have had the courage to step up and just share your lives, like how many people have been impacted by your interest in story. You know, and I get people occasionally just thank me for that and like how it's helped them. 
And maybe that's why I don't like part of me looks back and I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking, but this feels like soul work to me. You know what I mean? It's a passion project. It's soul work. And I like, all I want is to better the world. I want people to feel more empowered because good leaders create more leaders. Right. And I want everyone to become their own leader. I want you to listen to the podcast. I want you to do your own research. I want you to do the memberships, do the free classes, do the paid classes and become your own leader in your healing, in your family, in your body's health, right? And what I've been able to watch from you too is that this has been literally one of the hardest things that you've ever taken on, including Gutsy Health. But it's also been like this really beautiful mirror to watch you do this inner reflection of learning about yourself at deeper levels and what are some of those unmet needs that have maybe gone back to childhood and how like, some of these challenges that can feel like we're ready to break can also be our opportunity to go deeper and actually be our hero's story. And that's how I see it with you is that this experience with what you went through with Tristan, with taking on this business and how it's helping other people is that it didn't break you. You're here. Actually, this isn't you being a victim to it. Like this is your hero's story that you actually have here to share with people today. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's funny because I learned from Tristan's death, my own internal power, right? It brought me out. And if you guys have heard past episodes, I talk about my ayahuasca trip and how my spirit animal came to me as the panther. And it's interesting because the panther is power and protection and leadership and it's all these things. And it's funny because it's just a, an animal of power and me growing. And like, I felt I had to, from some unknown reservoir, I had to pull power through the most ridiculous circumstances anyone could think of like worst case scenario times that by 10 and like I had to go through it. Right. And yet I did. But what's interesting is my own illness from 2022. So a year after Tristan died, it taught me to be submissive. Right. So Tristan's death taught me my power, but my own illness taught me how to, what it actually takes to honor yourself and your boundaries and to be gentle, right? And to have ease and grace. Like I thought I knew what ease and grace was. My own illness and dysfunction and dis-ease taught me, like it had to paralyze me and literally disable me for a short time for me to learn the lesson. And so- What do you mean like disable? What was your day-to-day? At the worst of it, I remember- I would come into work at 10 because I come to work at 10 all the time and I'd sit down and open up my computer and I'd try to read an email. I'm like, I don't know what I'm reading. I don't know what I'm reading. I can't read this. And then I, to Becca, who's my assistant, she'd be like, okay, we have a meeting at 1030. I'm like, I can't talk. I can't. She's like, I just need five minutes. I'm like, I can't even talk for five minutes because I'm now having a panic attack because my brain isn't comprehending. There's nothing more terrifying to feel like your brain isn't comprehending. It's not retaining And you understand, but you don't. And not only that, but I was having at that point, all neurological issues, like this weird tremor in my brain. My brain felt inflamed. My vision was like disturbed. I was getting numbness in my face and my hands. So all the Lyme people are like, yeah, I know this feeling. It probably sounds very similar to Lyme. And I don't know, it probably was Lyme or has been Lyme. And my immune system just tanked, right? I was having panic attack after panic attack after panic attack. The worst brain fog of my life. Like I've had brain fog, you know, like when you have a baby and you have brain fog, this was like a smog cloud in my brain. And it's like, you don't even know which way is left, right, up and down. You know, and it was like, I remember thinking, I can't even podcast. 
I can't have meetings. I had to cancel all my appointments. I can't take care of my kids. My nanny was basically like cooking all of our meals and taking care of the children. And sometimes I just have to go home and lay down and try not to have another panic attack while I'm losing like function in my neck. And like they were starting to get weak, like my jaw was getting weak, my neck was getting weak, you know, and then to have your brain not be the brain you've had your entire life for 34 years, I had a different brain. And that happened literally like it almost felt like in a week. And it's funny because the more stress I would have, the worse my symptoms would get. It was almost like a mast cell activation syndrome issue, but like I was allergic to my own cortisol. And so the more panic attacks I had, the worse the panic attacks would get. And it was just this positive feedback loop. And the more anxious I was, like the more numbness, the more symptoms, the more neurological issues I would have. It just goes to speak for how strong that is, that our mental, emotional stress and how that feeds into our physical issues. And we cannot heal in a stress state, right? We can't keep pushing, pushing, pushing Mm -hmm. and demanding our bodies to heal. It can't happen. Yeah. You know, there's that saying that the root of all illness is your gut. And I actually think it's stress. I think the root of all illness is stress. I do too. Stress actually influences gut health. Right. And so if you are in a fight or flight state and not rest and digest and heal, your gut is going to be wrecked. Right. So you can't heal in a stress response. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. You'll go two steps forward, two steps back, two steps forward, two steps back. So now Janique is now psychotic Janique. Like, I'm like, I don't know my brain. I don't understand my thoughts. I'm in a foreign body, you know, and I feel very unsafe. And just not even a year earlier, I watched someone die. Right. And so now I'm feeling all this unsafety and fear and like paralyzing. Mm. And so that's what it was like. And looking back, it was probably Lyme. It was Epstein Barr. It was absolutely Epstein Barr mimicking MS. I was probably having chronic inflammatory response syndrome as well because I was becoming really sensitive to like certain rooms. I could tell them like, oh, there's probably mold in this room. Like I said, my immune system was so hyperactive and dysfunctional that I was reacting to everything and anything. And the one thing that was mostly affected was my brain. I think what's important too to point out is that I think a lot of people are like, well, you had all these symptom manifestations because you had Epstein-Barr and all of these underlying health issues. But I think what we don't make the connection with is that a lot of us have these viruses Mm -hmm. or pathogens in our body that stay dormant or our immune system keeps them under control. But when we're not taking care of our emotional health and that gets put on the back burner and then stress gets elevated so high and then that stress, our immune systems can't regulate and keep those pathogens in check. And then they come out and then they overburden the body. So I think it's important to know that it's not just that you had this unique, rare viral issue happening. It's that this can happen to any time if we're not putting ourselves first or really taking care of ourselves. I honestly wonder like, because I got the Epstein-Barr like infection in March. And that's when I started having to like cancel all my appointments and then we would reschedule them. And then I'd get sick again and I'd have to recancel. So we moved in our new location, February of 2022. And then I started getting sick in March and the amount of financial pressure and stress and chaos that came in all of that movement and changing. And I mean, can you shed a little bit of light just so people know? I mean, the financial pressure of the investment you guys made and Tristan's medical bills and like... 
I can't even, you know, it's funny because when you start out building a building and then you get these like random charges, like $10,000 here, $5,000 there, this here, that there, there are days where I'm like, how am I going to pay my staff? Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? There were several months last year where I didn't pay myself because I had to pay bills and I had to, you know, I don't want people to feel bad for me, but like when you're a business owner, you are it, you know, and all the financial burden is on me to take care of my 17 employees. Do you know what I mean? And a move. And then if anyone's ever moved from house to house, there's expenses moving from home to home. There's a lot of expenses times up by 10, you know, and then when it comes to the hyperbarics, it's like, Oh, $30,000 for this equipment and $15,000 for these trainings. Like it was like hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know? And there were days where I'm like, I don't eat. It's funny because I'm being vulnerable now. I had to borrow money from friends to pay certain bills, really close friends. And I'm like, you know, I'm good for it. We're just in a slump right now because of all these mass things. And I did, I paid them back in like two months because I'm very savvy, but it's like, it's just these things that just kind of, you're like, what? Well, it's so you forget what a huge undertaking and a risk that is to invest in things like hyperbaric chambers. And you never had to do that. Like no one ever said like, Janik, you have to go open up a clinic that requires hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment to be able to help people heal. And that is why when you're like, why would I do this? Why would I do this? But truly, this is like the deeper soul work that is like, it's unexplainable by the mind. It's like, why would you have children? Why would you grow something in your body and force it through your vagina? <laughs> like it doesn't mentally make sense. Right? <laughs> but there's a deeper soul calling that's like, you can do this. You can birth True. this human being. So and that's true. kind of what happened with Gutsy Health and with the hyperbarics and it's like a deeper love of humanity and why you're here today sharing truly vulnerably, like what you were going through. And that was a lot of pressure. Like, and when people that don't own businesses and all the business owners here are like, yep, I know that pain. (laughs) When you start to own a business, you're like, oh my gosh, I just wanted to do this to educate people. I didn't realize there was so much red tape and it's expensive (laughs) red tape, you know, but you keep doing it. I didn't realize I had built the clinic I would need to heal. Do you know what I mean? Whoa. Yeah, I know. Right. Literally the chambers open. And that's when I start, I'm just declining fast and furiously. I think if I had to wait a month or two for our chambers to open, my decline would have just like kept going and going and going. Right. I always try to tell people like try and nip things in the bud fast before it turns into the snowball effect of inflammation in your body. And so it's like, I literally, as I'm getting ill, I would have these conversations with myself. I'm like, Janique, what would you coach someone that was sitting in your office in that chair in front of you? What would you tell them to do? What's the plan you would put together for them? So I started putting my own plan together. Right. And it was, I'm like, I have no clue what's going on in my body. I didn't know what it was at the time. Right. Like I'm just like, things are going wrong fast and furiously. My brain is starting to melt away and it's not functioning. There's inflammation. There's something happening here. And I need to reverse that damage fast and furiously. Yeah. So I was like, okay, hyperbaric. I didn't know what atmosphere, I didn't know the dosing because I didn't know what I was dealing with. Do you know what I mean? So I'm literally playing around with dosing every week and I'm like, oh, this was too much. Oh, this is, it was like Goldilocks, right? Wow. Three bears. And then I finally hit. You were your patient. (laughs) Like your own science project. Now you're patient. Because you don't guess with your patients. You guess yourself. Like I literally, I finally found like two atmospheres. And what's interesting 
is when I read the papers about long COVID syndrome and hyperbaric five months later, the dose was two atmospheres. And that's what I had figured out in my body. Isn't that insane? Of course you know. Of course I, you like, know. I just it's like, your gift. <laughs> It really is. I figured it out. I was like, 2.4 is too hard. 1.5 is too light. 2.0 is just right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. So I did hyperbaric every day. I did cryo. You know, you guys have heard me talk about this. Hocket is like saving my life right now. Like the anti-inflammatory properties of leftover inflammation in my body and dysregulation. Like I'm using Hocket now, but I wish I'd used it more back then. Looking back, I'm like, I used it occasionally, but I should have used it more. But again, you do what you can kind of thing. And I started to get better. It's interesting. I started to get better. My brain, I was about 80% better, right? I was like, there's just this little like- but With the slowing down as well, right? Like you were yes, at that time, it. it wasn't just that you were adding on just these things and doing and doing and doing more. You were also creating some space at that time, right? I had to, I was literally disabled. I couldn't do anything, you know? Like I remember the very first podcast you and I recorded after six weeks or something. And I was like, I'm surprised I can actually talk for 60 minutes right now without going into neurological decline because like my neck would start to shake and my head would start to shake. My whole body would just start shaking. Iron man suit when it starts to like malfunction and break down. That's exactly how my body would feel. It just felt like, you know, because you were actually in this very like masculine robotic, (laughs) like that was actually a really good depiction of like where you were at that time was like, let me not be in this embodied in touch with my self-care, it was like, let me put on my armor so I can go save the world. And now I think that as you're healing, it's actually, you're kind of rising like better than ever being able to help people, but from a very different, powerful place instead of a place that's going to fall apart. Right. So what else did you start doing? You mentioned combo. What was that like? I want to rewind because- Yeah, yeah. So when I was at my worst- Ryan was actually out of town. He was in like Powell. And so he didn't have like cell service because he's kind of like a safety blanket for me. Right. And he's very grounding for me. And so I called you because I was like, I am falling apart. I need a safety blanket. And so I called you and this is like the power of Gina. You guys, she was on a flight the next day and she like laid in my bed with me some nights while I would just like kind of regulate and just like, this woman's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I remember we were going on a walk and we were with Raj. He was in town at this time. And you said, Janique, there is a better version of yourself on the other side. And I'm literally standing in a space of like, I'm never going to get better. I was like, and this is, I want people to hear this because I lecture all week long about how your body can heal itself. It's a self-regulating organism. We just need to figure out which buttons to push. And here I'm sitting on a mountain, standing, walking on a mountain. And I'm in this space of like, I am never going to get better. It's hard to believe when you're in it. This is it for me. And so we need to surround ourselves with people who are like cheerleaders. You held space for me when I couldn't see or feel into that space. You were the one that was like, Janique, you will, and you will be better. You're going to be better on the other side. And I always think back to that conversation because there are times now when I'm feeling so good again, and I'm feeling old pieces of myself come back. And I'm just like, she was right. Right. (laughs) Well, it is crazy that when get into such a fearful place and our mind goes to crazy places, it is like, you can't see clearly anymore. And I remember you literally saying like, I feel like I'm psychotic. I think like, I don't know what's true anymore. And I think that, am I just broken? And it's hard to see the other side. And it's like, 
no, you're right where you want to be. Like your body is doing this for you to slow down before you break. Because if your body can sustain this right now, like eventually you're going to get yourself into a really bad situation. And you are like, it's been beautiful to actually watch your healing happen as you're being brave enough to honor your body and going into it. Thank you. It was very scary. And I just needed you to just hold that space. And I want to remind people, I just had a consult yesterday. It was so beautiful. She's a Lyme patient and she flew in to do our Lyme protocol. And she said, there were weeks I was feeling so bad, but the only thing that got me through was this podcast, you know, of like, and, you know, because sometimes we just need those positive voices, like surround yourself with the positive voices that remind you of what you are capable of when you are in states when you don't feel capable at all, right. you feel like you're falling apart where you feel like your body is betraying you. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember driving down the Canyon, just feeling like shit. And I remember thinking when I figure this out, I'm going to help so many people because I'm going to understand so much about this dysfunction. And I was like, this is happening for me. It's not happening to me. And I knew that in that moment, I'm like, it sucks. And I don't feel like I'm going to get on the other side. But when I do, if I do, I want to help people get on the other side too and let them know that there is hope, that there is a light at the end of this really ugly, yucky effing tunnel, right? And so anyways, I can look back now and say it was one of the best things that happened to me. Am I 100%? No, like some days I'm 95%, some days I'm 90, some days I'm 80. And it all just depends on how am I managing my stress? What does my self-care look like? Dysfunction, this disease, I don't even want to call it disease, disease in my body really taught me the power of self-care, right? Mm. If you don't take care of this body, it is going to throw a tantrum on you. It absolutely is. And I pushed, like I literally, it felt like I pushed and I pushed and I pushed and I literally shattered. It was like cracks, crack, 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 crack. Nope, I can push through these cracks. And then the cracks just shattered into a million pieces. And then I was in that state with you on the mountain where I'm like, how am I going to put all of these tiny little pieces back together? And you do because the body is actually very loving and forgiving. If you are really willing to lean into the discomfort of slowing down and doing it. And I know that there's that point where it's like, can I actually do that? Because does society support that? Like, were we raised to give ourselves the space to just be and to heal and to have these periods of taking care of ourselves. And there can be a ton of discomfort that comes from that. Right. Please. Can we talk about that later about us taking care of ourselves? And there's like guilt and shame and like weird energy around slowing down and doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Like people are like, I sit down and do nothing. I feel so unproductive and so anxious. And now I start anxious eating. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy that we are in so much hyperdrive that we have to feel like we're productive in order to be valuable, right? Whereas like the most loving thing we can actually do for ourselves is to slow down and ground ourselves, right? That's important. Yeah. Those are skills I want to teach my kids. I don't want my kids to learn that they are only as important as how well they play the piano or their A's on their tests. It's so funny. My kids stress more about their school than I do. You know, they're like, mom, I have to do homework. I'm like, do you? Like, do you have to? No, I want them. Why don't you just be? Just, just be, just meditate. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want my kids to learn a different set of skills. And those are self-care skills, that's self-regulating skills. That's like self-love skills, right? Because we weren't taught that as kids. We were taught transactional love. 
So I get better through hyperbaric. I get better through cryo. I do some chiropractic here and there, hock it. I'm better. I'm 80% better. And I step into this new me and I revamp my company again. You know, it's just like revamp. But because I had to have my company reflect the new me, right? Whereas like my brain feels better, I can do this. And so anyways, months go by and I do the digestion restoration course. And it was so stressful on my body. And this was my first lesson of like, oh, you push too far. Yes, you're better, but your body has weakness now. Does that make sense? And I remember towards the end of my digestion restoration course, I was so sick again. And I was like, what? There's a reflare. I'm like, I know there's viral stuff going on, all of these things. And I just felt like my battery was drained. Do you know what I mean? It's like I was going through these weird depressive spouts where like I would feel good, but then depressed and like feel good and depressed. And I'm not that kind of person that feels depression, even through Tristan's death. Like I could still have moments where my heart would swell in love and gratitude. Like that was me being a mental state where I was like, I can think of my children and I feel dead inside. I was like, that's not me. They're still problems. There's still something wrong in my body that I need to get on top of. Hyperbaric helped me heal, but there's infection stuff. Hyperbaric doesn't get rid of viral infections, right? It helps boost your immune system, but like there's still an undercurrent infection stuff. So I would go back and do hyperbaric to boost my immune system. But I'm like, I need to make my immune system more intelligent. Like there's something that I need to reprogram in my immune system. So this is where I want to talk about Cambo. Because Cambo is a plant medicine that I kind of spoke about earlier with the peptides. It's the frog venom. You burn your skin and you slap it on and it feels awful. It's 20 minutes of torture where you're like, your body goes hot red. It feels like the stomach flu has a baby with like the flu. It's awful. Like you're vomiting. You can't have diarrhea. And the worst part is you just want to lay down, but they won't let you lay down. Right. Mm. And I feel like death, please just let me lay down. They're like, nope, you have to sit. And so you just sit and suffer (laughs) for like 15 to 20 minutes. And it's interesting because I've heard miraculous healing stories from Cambo and I know Cambo stimulates the immune system, reprograms it, makes it smarter. And that's what I wanted. I'm like, because I saw in my blood work, my white blood cells are just decreasing. And I'm like, there's an undercurrent infection in here that my body just isn't getting. Right. So I do Cambo and it's really interesting because cerebrally I'm like, Cambo fix me. Right. But I didn't expect the spiritual messages that I was going to get from this medicine. It was Mm -hmm. like, It's interesting. Think of like ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is very spiritual soul medicine. And I wasn't expecting Cambo to be like that for me, but it was. And because after my first Cambo experience, I remember just randomly, I would be in my car and the song Taylor Swift, Antihero would play in my head over and over. And it's just that chorus of like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. And I'm like, why is this in my mind all the time? And then I would look in the mirror And it'd be like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. And I started getting all these downloads because what Cambo did in my body was it's like it turned down the volume in my brain and my mind and turned up the volume in my body. Right. Mm. And my body started talking to me. That sounds weird. I know. But my body just had a lot to say. And my body was telling me that I was the problem. It's like you are the problem. You are making us sick. And so isn't that interesting? So every time I would look at my thumbs right now, can I just pause here really quick? It actually makes sense. It, once you 
are now in a safe space to go into your body, your body would be like screaming at you because for so many years, you really couldn't be in your body or else you would hit exhaustion. It's like you had to retreat from your body and not feel what was happening inside your body and kind of sacrifice it so that you could rally for Tristan and for your kids and for all the things. And now that you're like, okay, let's go back into my body. It's like, oh, we've got some things to share with you about living in the body. (laughs) It's had a lot to say. And it's interesting. Every time I looked in the mirror, all like the song, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. And it just would play over and over and over my head, just that line. And I'm just like, okay, how am I the problem? Right. And it's funny because I remember my second Cambo experience Monday morning, the office calls me and they're like, so-and-so wants to fly in to have a consult with you. I know you're not taking consults right now. What's your answer? And the voice that came out of me said yes, but my body screamed no. And I was like, oh, I'm the problem. I see. You know, I was like, my body literally felt ill because my body is like, you cannot hold space for people's healing when you feel so sick. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like, can we just save all our energy for us? Can you just keep it in right now? Can you just refocus on internal healing instead of trying to boil the ocean with everyone else and everything else and all the projects and all the things like, can you just stop and be? It's funny because I would go into the office and I would feel the nose. It was like, no, no, no. And I remember after two days of that, I pulled my front, my office manager aside, Cassie. And I'm like, Cat and Cassie is amazing, by the way. Oh, some politician in DC stole her from me. She's not working in DC, but, but she was amazing. I was like, Cassie, her name was Catherine. If you guys spoke to her, she goes by Catherine, but I call her Cassie. And I'm like, Cass, I need to take time off. Is everyone going to be okay with that? And she's like, Janique, everyone would be thrilled if you took some time off. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to work a lot less. Is, is that okay? And she's like, please just take care of yourself. Everyone's going to be fine. And I'm like, are you sure? Like I was literally like, the world isn't going to fall apart if I just step away for a little bit. Now, this is like November, yeah. December. If people were following online, I was hardly on Instagram, November, December. I was gone. I would try to Instagram and my body was like, no. And it's interesting because I would be home playing with my kids and my body was like, yes, I'd be home meditating. And my body was like, yes, I'd be home laying down, doing nothing. And my body was like, yes, 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 yes. And I finally got into this rhythm of like, this is what I need. I need to slow down. And it's funny because the image of winter kept coming into my head. And it's interesting how, when the volume of your body goes up, it's weird how your body talks to you, or maybe it's your soul or your heart. I don't know, but I got this image of winter And something said internally, it was like, you need winter. You need your own winter. Mm -hmm. And then the symbolism of all the seasons came to my mind. And you guys, when do we take Yes. Why do we not glorify winter more? We are hibernation. So, but here's the thing about hibernation, because I had the image of trees, dying trees, right? They're not dying. They're dormant, but they're not dormant. They're loading up. So they look like they're doing nothing, but they do this thing called loading up where their roots go in deeper and they absorb minerals and vitamins from the ground because they're going to need all of that for their bigger shoots in the spring. Isn't that interesting? Mm. So doing nothing doesn't mean I'm not doing nothing. It means I'm preparing myself for bigger things on the horizon, but I can't do that from an empty cup. Does that make Mm. sense? You can't drive to Colorado from Utah on an empty gas. 
tank. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I'm just going to keep my car still. And every day I'm going to put gas in it. I'm just going to put gas in it. And I'm going to do the things that my heart and my soul are screaming to do. Right. And I'm just going to be loading up right now. I'm just loading up. I'm in my dormancy, getting ready for bigger, better things. And that's exactly what it felt like. And I'm like, and even you and I, we discussed starting the Gutsy membership, the academy enrolling. Mm -hmm. And we were both like, no, I can't. We're like, if we can't fully really bring it for people, it doesn't feel right. And so when we do, it's going to be full of this nourishing energy. And that's why Mm -hmm. it is so special because it's like, it's going to be amazing when it's the right time. I love that you said that this full nourishing energy, right? Like we bring our hearts and our souls to it, but if they're empty, like I can't work properly. You know what I mean? Because that would just feel so out of integrity for me to just do another cohort just because it's time. You know, I will do another cohort when my heart and my soul can give to this next cohort. Do you know what I mean? And that's our feminine power. Like I think Mm -hmm. as women, we start to fall into society's, general energy, which is this masculine, like doing charge forward, get the grades achieve. Now go and do more school. Now go and do more things, do good at sports. Like this very masculine, like your value is through achieving. And I don't say value for achieving is masculine. That's not what I meant to say, but just that this very drive forward doing, 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 but really as women, when we stop And we come into like more flow and we honor that flow in our work and in our business. I know not everyone can do that. Like, oh, now I'm going to work and now I won't. But when we can like honor the energy of seasons, like you said, of this is a time for slowing down. Maybe that means I say no to more social things. And I just have this time of like snuggling up on the couch and just being and being Mm -hmm. slow and honoring that. And just allowing that evolution of seasons to happen. That's really where our this beautiful power is. And I think that we can do that and be that for other people that when we do launch another cohort, it's like, who feels amazing because they honored themselves and now we're full of energy in this greater capacity. Right. And it's funny because I feel like maybe a lot of people can relate to this, but we're kind of slaves to our work. You know what I mean? And I probably put myself in this role with Provo Health where I was like, I got to work my ass off to make it work. And that's very masculine energy. And Cambo showed me like, no, you can run your company from a very feminine standpoint where you don't have to slave away and work. You can have your team surround you and do a lot of the work with you and for you. So I've had to train myself to lean in more, you know, and instead of trying to do my own Instagram by myself and emails, like I'm now hiring people to do that for me and everything feels a lot better and more in flow. And I have more bandwidth now for my kids and myself. It's interesting because that dormancy was so healing and it was actually the first time I was able to completely turn my brain because when you have a business, like it's like a newborn, it's a newborn and it never grows up, right? It constantly needs attention and time. And it was the first time in five years, Provo Health has been going for five years. It was the first time in five years I was able to take two weeks off and just spend with my kids and have Christmas. And then we went to Disneyland and California. And I was like, I'm just going to be here. I'm not going to do the work stuff. I'm not going to have my brain thinking about the emails and the payroll and the people that want to get on the podcast and like all the deadlines. Yes, I missed a lot of deadlines. It's okay. 
they just find you with like money. It's fine. I was able to just like really be present for the first time in a very, very long time. It was very healing. It was very nurturing. And then I felt like I could come back in the new year and be like, let's freaking go. Like, let's go. But there's one other thing before we end this episode that I want to share with you guys that I learned from Cambo. And it was in my third session of Cambo. And I learned that when the body is in service to the mind, we will get dis-ease and disease and dysfunction. But when the body is in service to the heart and the soul, that's when we experience health and pleasure and joy and love and excitement and inspiration. That's when our hearts can sit in awe and just swell out of love for those around us and everything around us, like just sucking out the marrow of all the little details around us, you know, and all the people that are in our lives and the things that are happening. Like we can sit in like childlike wonder and awe and be like, this is amazing. Like life is happening for us all the time. One of my favorite things right now is to watch the sunsets, just sit and be quiet and just watch. And I swear these like just watching and like having the same pace of my heart and my body and my soul match the sunset, just slowly going behind the mountain is one of the most healing things I can do for myself. I once told Brian, I'm like, I swear these sunsets are healing me. They just feel so good. So if you are dealing with illness and dis-ease or dysfunction, I hope people can hear this and not take it personally and be like, oh, I did this to myself because no one does anything to ourselves. I think our bodies are the most intelligent designs in the universe. Think about this. It took billions of years for God, the creator, the universe, call it whatever you want to design these human bodies, right? There is a divinity and an intelligence starting from the atoms and the electrons and the protons and the neutrons. Like there's divinity and intelligence from that level up and down, right? That we can't even wrap our heads around yet. There are still mysteries about ourselves and the human body and our capabilities that we might never be able to uncover, right? And then our souls inhabit these intelligent things, vessels, right? Their intelligence surpasses understanding. And so I think when we get illness, when we get disease, when we get dysfunction, it's because these divine vessels are actually trying to nudge us back into alignment, right? Because we have deviated so far from our true essence that our body can actually not function properly because think of like a radio station, like your station is 97.1, but you're looking out at like 104.5, you know what I mean? And so you're getting the cackling, like it's a different frequency and your body is a 97.1, right? And so we feel like we need to go into other frequencies or other downloads or whatever, you know, because that's what's been told to us. That's what your mind has picked up from young, from family, from school, from friends, from TV, from freaking social media, from Facebook, from the news. It picks up all of these other frequencies and then somehow we think it's us. And then we think that's our truth and we think that's who I am. So-and-so told me that, therefore, that's who I am. I used to get yelled a lot as a kid, therefore, I'm a bad person. And so your frequency is different from actually your true essence of who you are, right? And so that's what I mean. Like when the body is in service of the mind, the mind picks up extrinsic data 
and comes to conclusions. And then we think I am that conclusion. Does, is that making sense so far? And yeah. nothing could be further from the truth. So if we are in a state of disease and misalignment, maybe we can ask ourselves, what is my truth? Where is my body actually trying to tap me back into? How is it trying to guide me? How is it trying to lead me? How is it trying to remind me that, how is it trying to call me back into my highest self again? Am I I in alignment with my heart and my soul? I think before I understood that concept, I didn't realize it was like a fish swimming in water. Like you don't realize that you're doing things because of society's expectations or because your mind wants you to. But now looking back and reflecting on it, I was definitely in that place where I was doing all these things that I think I should do to find my value, to find my worth and being driven by the mind and the ego and not really understanding what was my heart and soul's desires. Now that I look back and my body reflected it, right? Like my health, my hormones were off track. Everything was off track. But now that I look back on it and I look at the difference to me, I think of it as like the mind and the ego is like, that's what drives us. It gives us motivation. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's when the mind and the ego dominates and the body sacrifices for it. And the mind is kind of like, creates these timeline pressures of like achievement and doing things by a certain time. And when we're even like our bodies and our hearts, we can just feel our desires and we can feel them and be drawn to them. And it doesn't feel like, oh, I should do this or I need to do this. And I think of like the timeline as being a really good way of knowing, am I living in my mind? And is my body being self-sacrificed for my mind? Or am I really living in my heart? Because if you're living in your heart's desires, there is no timeline. There is no pressure to achieve something at a certain time and a deadline. And your body doesn't have to be sacrificed in pursuit of it. Right. It's so true, you know, and sacrifice in pursuit of it. I mean, how many women just sacrifice everything, right? Like we've just learned to sacrifice ourselves, right? Because we learned somewhere that that is love. I love, I sacrifice because I love, right? And I hope that we can actually break that belief system for our children's sake and our sake. But I don't want to teach my kids that self-sacrifice is love. I want them to learn that self-care is self-love. And you actually care for other people when you are caring for yourself. You can't pour from an empty cup, you know, mm-hmm. but you can, but you're going to feel ill later. Your body's going to come crashing and burning and telling you, you've been ignoring us for a very long time. You know, mm-hmm. like our bodies are like, they, our bodies crave connection. Our bodies crave joy and wonder, you know? And so for everyone that's listening, maybe do this. I want you to like, what we do is we take our gutsy members through like a meditation, right? Where they have to like drop into their bodies. They take deep breaths and they like just drop into their body, get out of your mind and drop into your body. Every time you inhale, you feel like all the energy around your head. And then when you exhale, drop that into your body. And I want your body like, like this might take practice, but your body will start to like tingle. And you like, you can feel your body and not hear your mind. And then I want you to like, think of things in your life that cause contraction in your body and things that cause expansion, right? So if you think of work and you feel contraction in your body, your body's like, ugh, hey, you're out of alignment, right? If you think of like going on a hike in the mountains in the sun and your body's like, ah, it's like the sigh, that's in alignment. If you think about playing with your kids and your body's like, yes, that's alignment. 
right? Think of all the things, like think of people in your life. Think of how certain relationships, even with yourself, certain relationships in your family and your friend circle, your relationship with media and news, think of how that creates contracted or expansive energy and then change it, right? Because knowledge without integration and action is just lost, right? Learn these things and then start moving. How can you stay in these toxic relationships and these things that cause contraction in your body? And then you're like, give me the supplements, give me the foods, give me the protocols, right? It's not going to work. You can't work against your body. Your body's too smart for that. You can't override the brain and the nervous system and the heart and the soul and how they integrate in your body's health. You can't do that. It's not going to happen, right? That's why the order of healing, the number one thing is mindset, right? This all has everything to do with mindset. So Am I perfect at this? No, because the past two weeks I've been working my butt off training and whatnot. And I can feel my body's like, oh, we don't feel good. But again, it's just practice. You know, it's just a practice. At least now I can observe and I can tell my body like there's just three more weeks of training. Just hang in there. We're going to get through it. Right. And then I just have to do extra self-care and know that there's an end. Right. But like my hope is that everyone here can meditate on that. Like, is my body in alignment with is it serving my mind? And your mind is just the messages you got from the extrinsic world, or am I serving my heart and soul, which is my intrinsic world? Have you ever even listened to your intrinsic world? Have you ever even tried to connect with it and feel it? And if you say, well, I read a book. No, that's still extrinsic. Try again. Well, I read the scriptures. No, that's still extrinsic. Try again. Don't (laughs) read anything. Close your eyes and go within. Well, my friend said, nope. My mom said, nope. My teacher said, nope. Deepak Chopra said, nope. That's all wrong. That's all out there. Go inside and start listening and see where you have been out of alignment. Unless you feel psychotic and you need to call on a friend. Yes, yes, yes. yes. (laughs) Sometimes extrinsic, we actually need a little, you know, when our minds get a little off track, but yes. A hundred percent. But I hope you guys are picking up. Sometimes phone friend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Beautifully said. Tina, how do you want to end this episode? With everything where what you have been through this last year and a half, two years, five years, what is one your biggest piece of advice in summary? And where are you at now? Mm, My biggest piece of advice in summary is my biggest piece of advice. I love this quote by Joe Dispenza. And he says, to change our lives, we must fundamentally change the way we think act and feel because how we think, feel, and behave is in essence, our personality and our personality creates our personal reality. And I really love that because what we think and feel and be like behave, that's all internal work. Right. And I love this other thing too, to be rooted is perhaps the most important and least recognized need of the human soul. My advice is just to slow down. I think I heard this from Eugenia. I've like picked up a meditative practice and it's like changing my life. It's changing my brain, my nervous system. When I don't do it, I can feel it. And I want to just challenge everyone to meditate. And if you're like, meditation is boring, I can't do it. Then you probably need to meditate twice as long. You know what I mean? Like everyone should pick up some kind of meditative practice. I know it's going to feel as foreign as like learning German, but like, just try lean into that discomfort because you're only resisting yourself, right? You're only resisting 
you? Why are you uncomfortable with being quiet with you? Right? How insane is that? So my advice is to become more rooted and slow down and practice that every day. And that's it. Thanks you guys for listening and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast. 